What's up, my guys? We are back. This is the Juice Box with episode 46. We are half deep again here tonight, but that's okay. We always make it work one way or another. Big Juice, what's up? What's up, baby? You know, just another edition of The Boys. This is The Boys Part 3. Um, we're here. We're ready. We're on this new little interface setup that I got. I, I will say I'm a big fan of it, um, using using it on the Mac. It's kind of very nice. Got a couple new mics. We out here, baby. We are becoming successful entrepreneurs. Can you spell entrepreneur? E-N-T-R-E-U-P-E-U-R. Is that right? No, I don't think that was anywhere close. Right, okay, spell it. E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. I mean, that, I, I don't know if that's right. It's right. Are you I know sure? A lot, yeah. I know how to spell, other than the spelling bee in uh, sixth grade. Yeah, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us that story? Because that is a classic. That will go down. That will go down in my all-time memories of a, watching a J.T. Nixon event in front of people. It sucks, because nowadays, like, I would crush. I would crush with the confidence to, to perform in a spelling bee. But, you know, I'm in sixth grade. I was a little boy. You know, I was little. I was short. I was the little guy, you know. So I always, you know, I you know, had a little issues every now and then. You know what I'm saying? But Short man syndrome? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I still have that. But um, so, yeah, I got in the spelling bee, the school spelling bee in sixth grade. And I don't know how your guys' schools did the spelling bee, but it was in front of the whole school. So it was grades one through or probably kindergarten through eighth grade who watched I mean, we were in a small Catholic school, but, you know, you're, it's still a lot when you're a kid. But anyways, I was so excited. I got in the spelling bee, you know. I got called up to do my first word, and it was representative. Now, did, but before you start Mind going, you, I was 11 years old. Did though. it feel like the big leagues when you oh. stepped up there? Oh, yeah. I felt like, you know, yes. Like, this was big time. Like, you, you got up in front of the whole... Because it wasn't just students. There were parents yeah, there, this, too. this was big time. You know, I had all my family there, my grandparents. You know, we're all hyped up. <laughs> yeah, JT's in the spelling bee. First word, representative. And I don't... Everyone's rules may be different. You can't fix yourself. Like, if you... The letter you say, that's what you have to stick with. You can't change it. And I started the word with E. <laughs> I will never forget it. I said E. I I remember being e, out. I mean R. Being out in the crowd, and just from growing up with you, I it was just a natural reaction for me that as soon as you said E, I just busted out laughing because you spelled the word yeah, right. I know you were so nervous. I was just nervous. You got up there, and they were like representative, and you just walked up to the mic, guys. This is what JT did. I'll be JT. <clears throat> Representative. E, I mean R. That's literally what happened. I literally said E, I mean R. And at that point, I was like, fuck this. I sh- at that, see, like now, if that happened now and I did that now, I would have just said, okay, I'm done. And I just would have walked off. Yeah. I wouldn't have sat there and spelled the whole fucking word. Well, I, I like, imagine- a dri- like a dri- 
like a jabroni. Dude, I imagine it was kind of the same around everywhere else. I imagine schools had spelling bees, but you remember you do it in your classroom yeah, first. That, that was like the qualifier. You had it with your home room, and whoever won in the home room was in the school spelling bee. Got to go to the big leagues. Yeah, so there was like two for each grade. Yeah. But it was only fifth through eighth grade. Okay. The people that were in the spelling bee. Okay. Do you know what I'm trying to say here? So, yeah, I got it in sixth grade. I was real excited about it, but it didn't go very well. And I can say I vividly... I think I will vividly have that memory engraved in my mind forever. Yeah. The one thing at St. Mike's that I remember is during Catholic Schools Week. I can't remember what year it was or what grade we were in, but all of the classes and everything, we were doing, like, Olympic-type things all week, like pushing oh, yeah. people There's around. Oh, yeah. the games and stuff, yeah. That, that was my claim to fame is I did the, um, the bobsled thing where we – so it was the things that we were talking about with Czar about how you would sit on them in, in the gym class and you would push the people. Scooters. The scooter yeah. things. So we would line up with the scooters, and I was the guy in the back that literally pushed people, and then you would have to wrap around a chair and push them back. I won, by the way, no <laughs> big deal. But I shoved my team all the way down and turned us real quick. And was moving so fast that when I got to the finish line, instead of trying to stop my group, I just shoved them into the stairs, <laughs> into, into the fucking chairs that were sitting there. Follow through. Yeah, man. No slow enough. I wanted to make sure we got the dub. It's all about winning, man. Catholic Schools Week. Dude, even, I remember, not even Catholic Schools Week, the dodgeball games we would play after Kroger was knocked down next door. And we'd use that whole parking lot where the New Angeles Center is. We would have heated not dodgeball kickball yeah, i was gonna say we had kickball games i apologize i meant kickball i would like to apologize but, but uh, i mean we gotta address the elephant in the room here big brother is back yeah big brother all-star season 20 it's the first time they've had an all-star season in 14 years they did a very good job of splitting up the seasons, splitting up males and females, and splitting up the ages where I, I think I think there's an opportunity that this season could potentially be one of the best ones we've ever had thus far. Now, I'm just going to call you out for something. Do it. Uh, and it's a good – it's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a positive thing that you do. Yeah. Every upcoming – season of everything sports whatever you think it's this is the year every time i agree i do do that every every year for like the broncos or wvu like when the one season ends you're like oh but no i'm telling you next year next next year is the year we're stacked we got offensive weapons we got a new coach where this is the year which i can appreciate the reason i do that is because there is no more annoying fan of anything in the world that the whole time when a season starts, they're going to automatically, they're going fans are like, well, we're not going to be that good. We're going to suck. It's going to be terrible. We're going to be awful. We're not going to win a game. And then when the teams are good, they are the biggest cocky asshole motherfuckers. And I just want to sit here and say that if you are ripping your team show, whatever it may be before, 
and then you hop on that high horse band. I don't think you should be allowed to cheer for a team. If you like your team and you're you're literally going to say that they're going to suck, and if they suck, they suck. But once they get good, then you just flip the script. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> That's how I feel. Fuck you, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be a, a good season of Big Brother, too. I like, um, I don't know how many of you guys watch Big Brother, but I like how a lot of the people that they picked for this all-star season were people that were in, like, legendary alliances but weren't the winners. Yes. Like, they got to the end, but, you know, their best friend was just better and won. Yes. And they either came in second or third. Which I like how they did that. A lot of the people, that's how it is. You know, like uh, Cody. Memphis. Yeah, that Memphis guy. Christmas was three. You yeah. know, um, so that's pretty cool. I yeah. like how I like who they picked. Very, very wide range with ages, which they normally don't do. It's normally like real young people. And all the, not all, I'd say close to half, maybe more than half for probably in their 40s yeah yeah and for the for the listeners that don't watch big brother haven't seen big brother real quick then we can switch subjects here is it's a show that's on three times a week wednesday thursdays and sundays the gist of it is they throw 16 people in a house and each week you have somebody that's voted as the head of household who nominates two people and then there is a veto competition to where whoever wins can pull one of the nominees off and then they're replaced, and then somebody gets voted out every single week. So that's why this game is is very, very difficult, especially for a season like this, because all of these people have actually played the game before. It's not people that have been thrown in that have maybe watched it their whole lives like us. But, you know, these people have played the game, so that's what makes these all-star seasons incredible because they already know every move that everybody can take, and they already know – people's attributes whether they're strong in the competition strong socially and things like that so definitely tune in uh very very excited we'll definitely keep keep giving an update on that i just want to say i want to get it on record i put it on twitter that my so you must know that it is true because it's on twitter because twitter runs the world my who runs the world girls my my pick (laughs) (laughs) my pick is tyler crispin the long-haired Myrtle Beach lifeguard mermaid looking motherfucker. So he that's does what I'm look picking. like a mermaid. I I mean I want him to win. Like that was who I originally when I found out the cast. I was like he, he's my favorite for sure. But I could see like uh, Cody winning or yeah, something. For sure. You know. But moving well, on, we can talk about what we just watched upstairs if you want. Yeah. So I'm not a big wrestling fan at all like wwe i don't know anyone i don't know who anybody is but i guess there's this you know you have rob smackdown what's that other one called nxt nxt and there's this guy named fucking uh adam cole adam cole thank you adam cole was on pat mcafee show and i guess okay well pat mcafee is an announcer guy for nxt and i guess like pat mcafee and this adam cole guy had like pre-existing beef with it with i you know whatever you know you get beef with people all the time but so pat mcafee invited him on the show because pat mcafee's the little shit stirrer that he is and they were having a nice conversation you know um just about wrestling and then 
Pat just kind of starts throwing subtle digs at this dude. He was throwing. Oh jokes. no, he they were bullying him, no doubt. I mean, I, I know it's hard to say how does a wrestler get bullied, but they were no doubt bullying this guy, which you know, it's kind of messed up. But I'm, I'm a Pat McAfee guy, so I stick with Pat. Facts. Um, but they were throwing digs at this guy, you know, and this dude, like, it was just like a typical like he seems like a very sensitive guy, Adam Cole. And he just couldn't take it anymore. He got, and it was real. Like, you know, WWE, like, shit's fake, whatever. But this was real emotions in a podcast studio. This Adam Cole guy stands up, smacks, like, the mic down, like, runs up right in Pat's face. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you, Pat. I came on this show when I could be hanging out with my family. But no, fuck you. And, like, and then Pat's buddy, like, his, his fucking posse, one of his dudes come up and get in this dude's face to, like, back him up. And Adam Cole just shoves the dude. He's like, no, fuck you, too. And Adam Cole just storms out. And it's so funny. Pat McAfee's sitting in his studio looking. This is real. Like, you can watch it. You will you can tell it's fucking real because Pat, you know, has the little shakes going. Pat's looking around. He goes, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? And it was, dude, it, it was intense, man. You should watch it. And then, I don't know, a few days later probably, NXT event. It was for a championship or whatever. Pat's I think it was the the tag team tag championship. team championship. Pat is sitting in his announcer booth, and you know there's no crowds anywhere, so athletes can hear the announcer guys now. Pat is, and which now I think they made this part of the narrative, wrestling narrative, no doubt about it, because money makers, baby, people are smart. But so Pat, he's sitting at the announcer booth, and they're real close to the the stage, and Adam Cole's like directly in front of Pat. And Pat's just ripping him to the his other announcer buddies next to him, just ripping this Adam Cole dude. Real quick, before you keep going, for people that w- might not watch it or they want to tune in to watch it, before all of this went down, and I'll let JT continue, Pat and Adam Cole actually met before the show and squashed the beef and, and apologized, and they uploaded pictures, which could have been part of the WWE narrative genius move on their end yeah. but you can continue no and then pat's just ripping him ripping him and during the fight adam cole runs up to the announcer booth and <laughs> he gets in pat's face and he's like man i thought we squashed this before the show you know you're such an asshole all this shit and pat's like what man quit getting all sensitive i'm just joking and then they both stand up and people are in between them like they're trying to fight and then pat throws the people off and pat just goes and kicks this fucking dude and he falls down and then triple h just bodies pat and says get the fuck out of here and kicks out pat mcafee of this uh wwe event and didn't you say jake now Adam Cole and Pat McAfee are actually fighting yeah, in an Aug- event. August 22nd. I, I want to say it's one of those big pay-per-views. I think it's like the SummerSlam or whatever it is. But Pat is actually going to fight Adam Cole. And, you know, we are Pat McAfee guys, so I'm always on Pat's side. But I, I will go back and I'll kind of zoom out. During the interview, you could tell – the original interview on Pat's show, you could tell that – Yes, Pat is doing his job interviewing this Adam Cole guy, but you could also tell that Pat was saying things to see if he could trigger Adam Cole. And you can see throughout the whole thing where, you know, a couple times, you know, Adam Cole's just kind of laughing and blowing it off and then like explaining his side of the story. But there's a point in that little 14 minute clip 
where you see Adam Cole just snaps. Yeah. His whole demeanor on his face changes because he realizes, like, hey, you know, I, I came on this show because I know we've had beef in the past and, and just to talk it out and, and just get it all figured out. And you could tell that Pat and the posse was egging him on. But at the end of the day, I'm no pro. You're no pro. But you know when you go on somebody else's show, maybe if you would have beef, you know there's probably going to be moments where you're talking about that beef. And it's just, I think Adam Cole in his head had the WWE mentality where he wanted to put on a show for all this. And he just snaps. No, he really does. He, like, leans back in the chair. He's like... Oh my god! And he like pushed. Oh, dude. And, and then you guys gotta watch it. And then he's just like, he's like, finally, he's like, listen, I know you're an interviewer, and I know you're doing your job, and you keep saying you're not trying to offend me, but everything that you're saying yeah. is offensive. Yeah. So that that's incredible. I I would encourage people just just to tune into that. I mean, it, it was uh, very 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 cool to see, and you could tell the original meeting on Pat show was genuine and that shit popped off quick. Yeah. So me and Jake have a uh, wedding to go to today, which is recording on Saturday. So when you listen, it'll be a few days before, but it's kind of funny. Me and Jake are like the real life Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It's a fact. You know what I mean? It's a, we, we were just talking upstairs, and it, it's, you know, it's good for all of our friends that everybody's oh, yeah. in relationships and everybody's happy. And now that we're older, we're just getting lost in the sauce here. I'm going to save your life, Dave. I'm going to save your life. If people haven't seen that Dude, movie, oh, I love that, movie. that is a classic. And what, what's amazing is that that is a legit true story. Yeah, it is a true story. I love, yeah, that's a good one. It's so funny. Uh, like, those two, Zach Efron and Adam Devine, are just fucking electric factories together. That is a fucking fact. But I wanted to bring this to your attention, because I know in one of our earlier episodes, I think it was episode 24 or 25, we were talking about how, or we were talking about the homeless crisis around here and everywhere and how there's a bunch of homeless people. I figured it out. I fixed the problem. This week, I've been... I don't even know how it happened, but I've been real um, interested in researching abandoned cities and abandoned towns across the United States and across the world. Why don't we take all of these homeless people that are in America, we'll split them up, put them in these homeless towns or uh, these abandoned abandoned towns where there's nobody that lives there. There's buildings, yeah, they might not be the nicest buildings now, but there's buildings that are already started and established. Why don't we ship them all there across the world or across the United States and have them have their own cities and just see how they could well, create them? I just, you can't do, you can't create something with no money. I mean, you really, you can't. People say, oh, money's not every, yeah, it pretty much is. Like, you can take all these people with nothing and move them to these abandoned towns where there's houses and stuff. Yeah, they can, like, break in a house and sleep on the floor there, but no one's going to be able to build anything up without any money. The only thing they could do is, like, find a way to make food. Which, you know, at the end of the day, if if you already don't have any money already and you don't have a place to sleep or a shelter, put them in these abandoned towns and make them get their own food, make them try to create products 
where people around them can buy. I mean, how, how long are we really just going to be like, oh, yeah, the homeless population, blah, blah, blah. Now, I get it. A lot of them are mentally ill. I understand that. So they need help. But I, I just think that in America, you, sh- you could be able, if you were set up in a town, you, you should be able to figure out how to make that shut up. I don't. I, I don't know. Whatever, dude. Just kill my fucking vibe. I'm not I, killing your vibe. I I'm thought just, I fixed the problem. I'm just, just you know, throwing in my two cents about your your idea here. You can't just say here, hey, throw them here, create stuff. Not gonna happen. Yeah. So we'll just let them live on beaches and underneath underneath homes, and everything will be hey, fine. They're then. doing what they can't. They're doing what they can, dude. But did you see that um, TikTok is finally banned? And of course, TikTok is banned. I think so. I, I I don't know for sure. I don't know how the whole thing works. I, see, I think everything's fake sometimes. But but that, I think every bit of news is fake. But that, that's not my. I don't want to talk about TikTok. I don't either. But we see all this stuff about it being banned. I'm on TikTok right now. Well, okay, that wasn't my point. But it was. That's that, my point. <laughs> fuck. But they they Trump supposedly banned TikTok and Microsoft's going to buy it in America. Yada yada, so people can have it. But the reason I brought it up is because I don't know if you saw Instagram just started their own TikTok called Reels. And I'm seeing it all over the post where now there's Reels all over Instagram that is TikTok-esque. Hmm. So kind of like a story, but not a story. It's It's like a quick video. It's basically how, remember when Instagram jacked Snapchat stories and all of a sudden Instagram stories became a thing? Now Instagram's basically jacking TikTok and creating. We just live in a copy what's doing good society. It's a copycat league. And unfortunately, you have to do it. It really is. It really is. But not talking about TikTok. I'm just talking shit on these young TikTokers. Okay. Now, I can't say this for everyone, and I could be completely wrong about these people. Who cares? But these young kids, 18, 19, do you. You're creating this content. Millions of people are watching. That's good. I'm thumbs up in you on that. But I feel like these kids got all this money real quick from their TikToks and just blew it all. Yeah, I... I, I just You see, you, you don't have TikToks, but these guys... But these people, you see where they're making their videos now, are these freaking big-ass mansions, probably in L.A. somewhere. I'm like, dude, even if I made one TikTok, two, okay, let's say four TikToks, I think uh, that one girl, Charlie, whatever, makes like 50 grand per post. That's 200 grand. I would just fucking bank that shit. Hold and on, not- let me check your math. You're, you're right. Thank you. I thought I was. That accounting degree did pay off. Yep. But you know what I'm saying? But I, I feel I like these kids, all these kids just blew all this money away. I'm telling you, people are dumb. Well, the, I, and I, I agree. And I think for some reason how we said, you know, we live in a copycat society. We also live in a society where looks and things are everything. The last thing that I would probably do if I was making all this money would be to split a mansion in Los Angeles where things are just so expensive and and live in a giant mansion. Like, you, you'd think that you would try to, you know, live within your means. I, I understand that they were making millions of dollars, but what about now if Well, they think don't? about this. They blew all their money. Imagine this year I made, I don't know, I'm making up numbers, $5 million on TikToks. Yep. I could fucking retire. 
You could. <laughs> no, you, you literally I could. I say, th- all right, thanks. Thank you to all my viewers. Thank you, TikTok, for supporting me for this past year. But I'm taking my talents to the Outer Banks, buying a $200,000 house, and living there the rest of my life. See you later. I, I, and I, I will never... And just saying, sorry, not to interrupt you. You can buy $200,000 houses in the Outer Banks. You just haven't found them if you don't believe me. Yeah. And I, I just... I, I will... Personally, I will never understand... I mean, I guess it is different because I don't have the money, but at least with my mindset right now, the last thing that I would worry about doing would be buying a giant house. I don't even want a giant house. It doesn't even matter, even if I was a millionaire. I won't. I mean, I guess it's different because, like you said, I don't have the money, but I just, I don't know. I don't see, I don't need a big, elaborate house. I don't see. Why people spend probably half the money that they have on a freaking huge ass house when you could get a nice house, you know, a nice private house out on some land for like three hundred thousand dollars and call it a day. Yeah, I agree. But um, we can switch this subject. We're flying through because our minds are churning. The thoughts are spinning. We finally watched a sporting event yesterday, which. Was the first time I watched any sports, and to be honest with you, I I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you know I've lost, I, and I know football season hasn't happened yet, but sports to me are just nothing now. Yeah, I don't even think I watched like a, a full minute, like f- for a whole minute. Yeah, I just kept like looking away. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't get me. It, I can't, you can't, you can't force me to like sit here and enjoy it. Something like I'll sit there and bullshit and have a good time. I'm saying like I can't make myself watch something that I don't care about. Well, because you know me, I was always a big time. Hey, big game on. Oh no, I know. I have you to were. watch this game. You've always been that way. And now I don't get that urge at all. It, it's like part of me. And like I said, football season hasn't happened yet, and I know it will be different when football starts. If it starts, thank baby Jesus. Hope it does. But it's, it's just one of those things where that side of me, that part of me, is just gone. Yeah. Like, unless, like, tr- I'm saying just being honest with my viewers here and my fans and honest with myself here, I only truly, 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 truly get excited. Like, full-blown excited. Everything else is sounded out. I'm zoned in is WV Basketball. It, as the kids would say, it hits different. It's noticeable with me, though, and and I'm pr- all the people I'm around can probably tell that. That's I love it. I love WVU basketball. Prime time, you know, Big 12 when we're playing like Oklahoma or Baylor at the Coliseum, March Madness. I just love it all. For people that don't know, a lot of your friends probably know this, but our listeners may not know. You were never really a big sports guy up until these last have. couple of years. Yeah. Growing up, dude, I was playing Pokemon. I didn't care. And I'm saying I was playing Pokemon when I was freaking 14 still. I didn't. I just could not get into it. I never could growing up. And then it was It was 2015. December 20th, to yeah, be exact. Yeah, 2015. We went up to the Steelers game. They were playing the Broncos. We had, had my – we got – my uncle's season tickets in the the uh, VI, the VI, Champions Club, I Champions think it's called. Champions Club, yeah. And that's something clicked for me right there. I mean, that was prime time. 
Antonio Brown was in his prime. You know, we had Peyton Manning. And if something hit me at that game, I, I, it just turned it on. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I love WV football and Denver f- football, too. I'm just saying my thing is WV basketball. But, yeah, it was that game. Some reason, I guess my balls just decided to drop a little late. But then I got into it ever since then. Yeah, you walked into the game talking about Pokemon cards. And you yeah. left the game talking about stats around yeah. the whole NFL league. Uh, <laughs> I think after that uh, game, I probably downloaded, like, ESPN app, Bleach Report app. Yeah. Because I didn't care about any of that before. Yeah. It, that, that, was a, that was a great experience, and that was the first time we tried pudding shots, too. Right? In the, in the oh, tailgate. Oh, yeah. So you guys obviously know Jello shots. We, luckily, you know, we're, we're one of the few Denver fans here um, at the game. We got really nice Steeler fans next to us to tailgate with. They were real super nice people. And instead of jello shots, they made pudding shots. Chocolate, vanilla, maybe butterscotch. Dude, they were they were nice. Well, I, I would take a pudding shot over jello shot any day. Well, I just remember pulling up and we got out and we were sitting there tailgating, you, me, my dad, and Jacko, and all of a sudden these people parked next to us and they just set up this unreal portable bar and they just looked at us and they were like, feel free to have and drink and take whatever you want. And, and at that moment I knew that we were going to have a hell of a time. We had a, it was really fun. We met Vaughn Miller's dad. We did meet Vaughn Miller's dad. It was funny because like he was in the champions club club as well. And it was just this big, big fucking black dude, big dude, Vaughn Miller Jersey. You know, right there in the front, watching the Dem- watching Denver warm up. We're like, that has to be that has to be his dad. Well, I just remember yeah. joking because everybody that knows my dad, he's a huge people person, doesn't care to walk up and talk to people. I was just joking because we were that was our at least my first time in there, and probably maybe Dad's couple times where it was just us, and we were standing around a table, bullshit and having fun, and I just remember looking up at the gentleman. And looking over there and seeing the jersey on, and I was like, "I bet that's Vaughn Miller's yeah. dad." Just, just joking. It's, no, it's kind, of, but it was also kind of one of those things like you see a person, and for some reason you know, like that's that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're all decked in Broncos gear, and my dad was like, "Oh, I'll walk up and ask him." And we were like, "No, you don't have to do that." Well, we turned. The next thing we know, we look, and Dad's up there talking to the guy, and my dad was asking where they were from, and they said Texas. And right then and there, my dad knew it had to be him because Vaughn Miller's from Texas, went to Texas A&M. So we don't, or at least myself, I don't like the fangirl when it comes to all that stuff. And we were talking to him, we're very nice. And we walked out and then he came up and started talking to us. So we were bullshitting and he's like, he looked at me because we told him my birthday was the day before and he was just like... You guys want to meet Vaughn? <laughs> We're like, what? And he's like, yeah, every time after they warm up, Vaughn comes and talks to me. He's like, do you want to meet him? And we said, absolutely. And the guy goes, go find a black Sharpie. We had the toughest time finding we couldn't a Sharpie. Find one, if I we were remember. running around yeah. asking workers. I was asking like the chefs at the like the kitchen at, in the, the Champions Club, like everybody. I was like, you guys got a Sharpie? Like anyone got a Sharpie? Couldn't find one. Yeah, so that that was one of the best moments. We talked to him for a long time, and then 
we were sitting up behind him. And one of the coolest things was when the D- Denver's defense had him backed up in the end zone during the game. While the game was going on and while they were waiting for the offense to come out, you would just see Vaughn Miller break out in a dance, listening to the uh, music, and then his dad would stand up, and they were just dancing with each other while Vaughn was on the field and his dad was in the stands. So that, that was a pretty yeah, cool moment. Yeah, yeah. That was very cool. Very, but, very, good, uh, very good memory. Very, very game. good memory. But, you know, um, you know what I was thinking of just kind of bounce off to another topic here? There's a lot of things people like to do for fun that I just don't want to do. All right, we'll dive into that. Give me, give me a Little couple things, examples. Like, if you know, if you're to get together, hanging out, I don't want to pass football. Okay. I don't want to play cards. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that. I I just kind of want to sit here and bo- stand around, walk around, bullshit. I like cornhole, but even sometimes, like, if you're sitting here, if we're all together, you know, th- watching something, all bullshit, and, you know drinking some beer, and someone's like, let's get out the cornhole boards. I'm kind of like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the the only reason that I enjoy doing that (laughs) is because it forces people to have actual conversations with each other. Yeah. Uh, We we live in a society where everything's through the phone, so that's one reason I like doing that stuff is because it starts conversation, but on the other end, I'm with you. I'm the kind of guy where I'm just like, can't we just like? Can we just like sit here, sit on the chair, and just talk, <laughs> or like sit on this picnic table and have a conversation? No, no it's so funny though, because like, if it's just like us four, me and my mom, dad, Jake, on vacation at the beach, because that's all we really do is the beach. If it's just us four, it's all we want to do. Yeah, we go to the beach, and this is no bullshit. Set up our chairs. We have our cooler. We sit there all day. And you have, I'm not knocking this. I'm just saying this is what I like to do. Yeah. And you have the families all around, you know, they're up playing Frisbee, flying kites, throwing footballs. Granted, we're adults now. Like, you know, we don't have to fly a kite. Which we did do we that used when to we fly were little. Kites when we were little. That's true. But, and I'm just like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Not because it's, I'm lazy or anything. I'm an active person. But like in a relaxed environment, like when I'm, on vacation, relaxing, I want to relax. Absolutely. But I could say not so much anymore as I get older. I used to love uh, tackling waves. Like, that was my thing at the beach. Not so much anymore because the older I get, the more aware I get of my surroundings. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't give a shit about anything. There's fucking, in the Outer Banks especially, there are sharks and they're close, and people don't realize how close they are. Everyone's like, oh, you're, the chances of you getting attacked by a shark or, like, you getting struck by lightning or whatever, I'm like, you can think that all you want. Yeah. I don't care what statistic you show me. They're right there. Well, it, it is wild, like you just said. When we were little, we'd be out there, we'd be boogie boarding, we'd be surfing waves, we'd be tackling waves, we'd lay in that trench where the waves would just wipe us out, and... I don't think it was la- I think it was last year when it was when just I couldn't go. Yeah, it was just me, mom and dad and we were, you know, sitting there doing our thing. We had our chairs set up. You have it to where the waves come to your feet, sometimes wipe you out and as we're sitting there very early in the morning, just a couple of us out there and my dad just like 
looks in the water and he starts pointing and where we forever growing up would hang out lay and things like that for how close it was in the ocean there was a shark swimming in that trench fin up and it 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 really puts it into perspective like you just said that you know, you might pretend that they're not there and you might yeah. want to think that they're not there. Buddy, they're right and there. Yeah, I'm not being a downer or negative either. I'm just stating facts. They're out there, right there, swimming around. You can say that they're not and you can say that, you know, that could never happen. But it happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it really does, man. And I want to say, have you ever had, because this happened to me at the beach, I, I don't know if you've ever had this moment, but did you ever have a moment when you were staying in a hotel, whether it was by yourself or with other people, where you accidentally walk outside of the room without your room key? I've never done that, and you, I know you have, but I've never, ever done that. So, quick story. This was when I lived in the Outer Banks in, like, 2015, and I was getting ready to come home because my seasonal job was over and a hurricane was hitting, and I got scared shitless, I can admit it, so I was flying flying as in driving quick back because I just wanted to get back to my family. And I ended up leaving Hatteras and got a hotel room in um, Nags Head or Kitty Hawk. And it was, you know, I was by myself. It, it was one of the true first times of my life where I was literally making my own decisions for myself in a completely different place where I didn't have anybody that I knew. So it's early in the morning, probably 5, 5.30 in the morning, raining really, really hard, and I left something in the car. I'm literally dressed how I am now. For those of you that can't see, we won't have visuals this week. <laughs> I'm shirtless right now with gym shorts on, hair wild, chilling. So I walk out to the car in the middle of a torrential downpour at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, and I fucking locked myself out of the room. And the worker was not there yet. I didn't have my phone, didn't have anything. So I walked across the street, walked into a fishing place just like this. <laughs> just like this. Everybody's staring at me, and I'm like, guys, listen, I'm sorry. I know I don't have a shirt on or anything like that, but I, I just locked myself out of my room. Can I use your phone? And moral of the story was and is <laughs> don't ever leave your hotel room without your key because I had to stand outside. I think it was for two out one or two hours before the worker got there to be able to unlock my room. Jeez. So that is a uh, fun fact story of for, for people that know me, it probably sounds something like I do anyways. But yeah, that was a uh, pretty, pretty rough, but yeah, pretty, pretty rough. I'm very excited <laughs> thinking, though, that we are going to the beach here in a couple of weeks as long as everything works out. It'll be fine. To. I know it will be. Um, time just hasn't caught up yet. Um, but speaking of the beach, you know, and sharks, I watched this dolphin documentary the other day, and they're fascinating how smart they are. Like, the part that really got me, like, I knew, like, Dolphins have friends. I know that they're, they're families, like they're into their family life and they stick together and all that. But there was this one part. There was literally like do a dolphin war going on. So you had the baby dolphin. Well, he wasn't a baby, but he wasn't an adult yet. He was big, but and his mom, they got, they got separated from their pod and they're trying to find them, you know, they're swimming around. And this other family comes and just is straight up bullying them, like attacking them and stuff. And the mom 
is like telling its baby to like run, and the baby runs, and the mom's just getting fucked. Really? By these dolphins. But the thing that got me that I loved, because it just it reminds me so much of how humans humans would react. Straight Dothraki charging in on the Lannister army, their family comes flying out of nowhere Nuh-uh. and just fucks this other family of dolphins up. Like, do not mess with my family. It was like Dude, it was intense. Like, you couldn't see... Th- th- their family was nowhere to be found. They-, they were doomed. And then somehow, their family, I'm saying, s- skirted in on this bitch. So do, do you think the mom was communicating oh, through, like, the calling. water? Or yeah, do you probably, think the, the baby took off and was like, yo, we need No, like, the baby got lost. They found the baby, but the baby got lost, but... No, like she must have been communicating, like making calls or, you know, sonar or whatever. And when I say they flew in like a bat out of hell on this fucking evil pot of dolphins, dude. It was not it was it was intense. So you and I, we've been watching a which we've we've done this before, but we're starting to do it a lot more. We watch a lot of animal documentaries. What do you think your favorite one that we've watched thus far is? Okay. That's a very good question. It's a very hard question. Very hard, because there's a lot. Because I'm going to start off with something else here. David Attenborough, you don't know who I'm talking about, but you'll know when you hear his voice. When he's narrating a nature documentary, automatically amazing. That old guy, old, I, I think I maybe know exactly British. Just, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. They're, they're, they're the best. He's the best. That can make or break a documentary is who's narrating it. But I would probably say... My favorite one, which I've talked about on here before, and I may think of another one that's my favorite, but off the top of my head now, I'm going to say the elephant one. I was going to say that one. Because I didn't realize how human-like elephants are. Like, they're spiritual. Like, the part where they're marching along, you know, finding their water, and they run into the old skeleton of a family member. That they knew, like, just by seeing the skeleton, they knew it was one of their family. And it was like they had, like, a like a funeral for it, almost. They were, like, circled around it, like, mourning the death of this cousin elephant. Yeah. And I was like, that is very human-like. Well, and one of the cool things about elephants is how they have that matriarch that runs the, the whole group of elephants. And what's cool is even if it's not somebody's real blood mother they all treat that one elephant as like a head mom so there's like the matriarch and then a bunch of other older ones and then then the younger ones so i i I found that fascinating and one of the the biggest things that blows my mind about elephants is when they would zoom out on their trails that they were walking on you can see their foot trails that these elephants have been using for for centuries yeah for thousands yeah. of years. And to think that how animals can travel from one place to another in these seasons just use, using their brains and their visuals and being able to remember places blows my mind. I can't go to some places that I've been to multiple times without plugging it into a GPS. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. that's uh, Another one I really like is it's called The Kingdom of the White Wolf. Where this guy, I can't remember. 
I want to say maybe Alaska or Canada or Canada. Some, something nor- up north there around that. Northern Canada, I Somewhere think. up in one of them northern parts of the world. But uh, this guy went up. These dogs, I don't think they've ever seen a human before. Like, it's, it's, there's no civilization where they live. Um, and it's very, it was very cool to watch. It's just these white timber wolves or whatever they are, and they... Their family, they are family-oriented animals, too. And I have such a respect. I sound like such a nerd, but I have such a respect for a lot of these animals because they're, like, super intelligent, and they, they can literally just survive off the land. Like, I respect a lot of them sometimes more than I do humans. I agree. Like, we need so much stuff. Like, we need electric. We need water, running water. We need air conditioning, uh you know, GPS, and these animals just straight up live off the land and have been thriving doing that for thousands of years. And what was super cool about that documentary you're talking about is these animals have never encountered a human in a violent way. So when they saw this human, um, basically, in a nutshell, this guy, he would follow this pack around, but he had to keep his distance until the mother basically okayed him for like he would be driving his car in the pack while they're moving. And there's one specific scene where he's sitting on a rock and one of these wolves sneaks up on him and is right in his face. And then the whole pack surrounds him and any normal thing, at least around here, the wolves would have probably shredded that dude up. But the reason the wolves would have done that is because for, generations in their mind you know when they see humans they assume these people are going to try to come kill us and since these specific wolves have never ran into that they were walking up to him and sniffing him like a a dog would do yeah and you can see the panic on his face but it was very very cool that they just left him alone because they weren't used to humans doing bad things to them and and that's why through this whole quarantine and through everything that's going on, we've become more with nature and realizing that humans are really destroying this oh. earth. Oh yeah. As no a doubt. whole. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's, I just saw today, uh, there was some shipwreck in Japan, like a cargo ship. And now it's spilling all this oil into the ocean. Just, you know, probably killing thousands of habitats yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, and, and it, it does... I don't know, when you think about that stuff, and of course this is thinking like the negative way, but it's kind of hard not to. When you see all these movies where, you know, it's just straight desert or you see there's no trees or anything like that, it's kind of the direction that we're, we're running into right now with all oh, of yeah. the... Like the Book of Eli. I keep saying the same thing, but it, that's literally where the world is going. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, literally, imagine if that explosion in Beirut was a nuclear explosion and just ripped ripped the ozone layer to shit, and the sun literally would have came and just burnt the world, just like the Book of Eli. Yeah. And if you were lucky enough to be underground somewhere, you would have survived. If you were outside, you would die. Just like, I mean, simple as that. Which me and John touched on that a little bit, but I don't care to talk about it a little more because... Watching the video and watching all of the different angles of the explosion, 
That's something that I've never seen that's in what my I said. life. When I first watched it, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was a fake explosion. I was like, that's just, you know, someone making some video. That was the craziest explosion I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, prayers to all those people and the families that may be homeless or lost loved ones or injured and things like that because, you know, we're blessed in a sense over there, as our cousin Toby was telling us while we were talking to our parents yesterday, you know, that's normal for them to see bombs and to have bombs and explosions and gunshots. So for them, that's a normal thing. But for us to see that over here, just to see an entire explosion just wipe out that half of the city, it's just, it's very, very scary. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked up the deaths, but it has to be. I mean, that had to kill a fuck ton of people. I think it was like 400 people died. See, like, in my eyes, I feel like it should have been way more than that. Well, there was right? a lot injured. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of people injured, but it, 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 I think there was like, I, I could be wrong. I'm not looking up the numbers. It's somewhere around, I think there was 400 deaths and thousands of injuries and like thousands of people that they just, bodies that they haven't been able to find from the explosion. So I don't fucking know, man. That's some scary shits. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, so what what was the cause of it again? Some chemicals mixed or something? Yeah, I guess, I guess it was a fireworks shop or firework, uh, you know, place where they make them that caught on fire. And I guess there were chemicals that weren't um, placed safely. I don't think it would have mattered. But it had something to do with the fireworks plant catching on fire, and these things were out and not secured chemical-wise that they should have been, and the fire caught that and just fucking blew the whole thing to shreds. Damn. Well, shout-out to Beirut. We're praying for everybody that lost their lives and family members. But, um, you know, I have another kind of random question just to pay homage to our early episodes where that's all we did was just ask random Trivia questions. Bring it on. So shout out. Just remember where you came from. So Facts. that's where this is coming from. Um, I was thinking the other day, and it's kind of not fair because I already have my answer because I thought of the question. Yeah. What do you think is the most rewatchable movie, at least right now, to you? I, mine came to me super quick. I will say the most rewatchable movie... Where if it's on TV, yeah, exactly. That's what I, I mean. have to put it yeah. on. It's Four Brothers. Yeah, okay. That's a really good one. And Four Brothers, for anybody that hasn't seen it, I think it came out in 2005. It's a story about an older woman who runs, um, what are those things called? Where like a convenience store. No, about with the adopted children. Oh, foster mom? Yeah, she's a foster mom. I and thought she, you meant <laughs> they're talking about the store she worked No, at. she was a foster mom, and she had a, a bunch of different individuals that grew up with her. Um, Mark Wahlberg was one, Tyrese Gibson. I can't Andre think. Andre 3000. Andre 3000. other white dude's name. Don uh, Billingsley from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Don Billingsley. And anyway, so she runs a convenience store. It ends up getting robbed, and, and it was a planned attack to kill the mother and it's these brothers just coming back together and kind of getting the guy who did the damage. So that, that is my most rewatchable movie is four brothers for sure. Right now, at least cause shit always changes, you know, people, that's okay. That's what, not to go off a tangent here, 
That's what some people didn't realize. You can change your mind on stuff all the time. You don't got to think one way and think that way for the rest of your life. Anyway, my answer is Ready Player One. Okay. I could watch that movie three times in a row, like back to back to back. Now, what, I love that movie. What it, I, Does I, it intrigue you because you can see how that's the way the future is going? Not even that. I love the visuals. I love all the references from old stuff. Um, I just love it. I, I love all... I have a weird thing. I like customization more than the actual video games. Okay. Like, even growing up playing video games. I love cu- games where you could customize. So I love all the avatars. I love how the thought of that virtual world, you can literally create any avatar you want. It can look however you want. See, that, that would suck me in. I okay. would spend hours just creating my avatar. Like, I love how everyone's different. You can be... Uh, character from a movie. You can make your own person. You can be a robot. You can be a girl. You can be a guy. You can be, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think, I love that aspect of it. Um, yeah, and just the references, like how they talk about Millennium Falcon, just little shit. They go to that Shining movie uh, thing, the race with King Kong. Like, I love all of it. I love all the, the old old school references in it. And I love the visuals. I yeah. love the whole freaking thing. Great movie. Well, I, I, I think the movie, like you just said, is great because of all the old references and how you can customize, you know, your character and things like that. But it, it kind of, if you zoom out and just look at it as a whole, it's wild to think that eventually video games will be that way mm-hmm. to where you have the VRs on, you have your treadmill, and you can get lost in the world for hours. Yeah, like Parzival's, like, I'm pretty sure Parzival's car is the car from Back to the Future. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, like, I just love that. I love the race where everyone has their cars. H has his big monster truck. Fucking love it, man. But how was your week this week? I've been gone. I was down in H-Town. Did you get into anything wild with old Hazy Poo? Or what's, what, what's been going on? Let's fill the viewers in on life. Man, I I've really had a... Very, very chill week. You know, nothing crazy happened with work, you know, just doing my thing. I got to say, though, the mornings lately have been freaking amazing. Mid-60s gives you that nice fall feel in the morning. Oh, yeah. I discovered a new music artist that I freaking, I'm just so into it now. It's fill in. It's like... It's like it was calling me, and I finally found it. Like, I, you know, I've, I've been wanting to find new music. Like I said, the country, that's all I've listened to my whole fucking life. Okay, I was into rap when I was, you know, a teenager like everyone gets into for a minute. Uh, but country, my whole life I listened to country. Like the mainstream country, 100.5, nonstop country, 9 till noon. That's what I listened to. Like, and I just need it. I need something new. Like, I... That mainstream, I just couldn't. And i just been searching around, you know, listening to Machine Gun Kelly, like him a lot. I found this guy. His name's Zach Bryan. Shout out, Zach. I don't even know what genre you'd say. But mom, the way mom describes it, which she's right, the stuff I've been listening to is kind of like stoner music. Okay. Like real chill vibes, not a lot of instruments, maybe just like a guitar going. Real, like, raspy, Tyler Childers-sounding voice. 
real slow jams, like, and I love it. I think all week driving, that's what I listen to. Yeah, I'm not good with the um, music genres, I guess, like you could say, since you were saying you don't really know what it is because it's not really country. I, I would probably put it under my my default when I can't tell what's what is it's probably just like singer songwriter yeah. music yeah. would probably That's be the way like to describe what Uncle it. AJ was saying too because he forget the guy he showed me kind of the same way like you wouldn't you don't really know what to categorize it as yeah but anyone listening you know if you need something new to listen to try out the Zach Bryan guy maybe you'll like him really good um, I just have a thing lately with just chill vibes. Well, it, in all it, aspects of my life. And I agree. Every aspect right now, when I'm doing things, I'm doing my, I don't succeed all the time, but I'm doing my best to just put myself in, you know, very relaxing states because my eyes have opened up to realize that anything can happen and there's no, there's no reason why, which, you know, I'm basically saying this to try to tell myself this because I don't do it all the time. But there's no reason to sweat or stress about yeah, the small agreed. stuff because when, when, you, when you think back on life and you think back to all of the moments, all of the hardships that you've been through, you're still here today. Yeah, so you exactly. obviously went through those things, and it's, it's hard in the moment to try to channel your brain into the relaxing state. But I'm, I'm just trying to do a better job of um, – keeping myself in a mindset to where, you know, I'll power through this. No, yeah, um, and a lot of people, when I say this, they may take it the wrong way, but I've learned, and it's a positive thing. It sounds bad, but I I look at it as a positive thing, as nothing matters. Like, but when I say that, I just mean that nothing matters as in the sense as God, whatever you want to call it, God, the universe, has its plan. It literally does. It has its plan for you. Obviously, you have to make things happen, like, you know. But it's the fact, like, it has its plan. You're going to be all right. You know, you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. You may get fired from your job. You may get dumped. You may, you know, uh, I don't know, have a fight with your family and not talk to them for a couple months. But everything is going to be fine. And that's how I think of it. Like, I don't stress out about work anymore. If I do something bad and I get in trouble oh crap you know i won't do it again sorry you know if i get fired i get fired i'll find i'll try to find a new job i'm just trying to because it's crazy because growing up even as a little little kid i was always worried about shit that i created in my own mind like this is facts like i would literally worry that the world was going to end like (laughs) stupid shit when i was a little kid like i'd be like oh god I hope the world doesn't end today or, oh my gosh, what if, what, ha- what's going to happen if the world gets surrounded by one big cloud and we all suffocate and die? Like literally that would be shit that I think about. And don't think I was like a depressed kid. Like I lived a great life, but I was worried. I was always making stuff up in my head to worry about. And that's kind of how I programmed and without knowing how I programmed my mind throughout my life. So even as a young adult, everything's chill. My mind's searching, like, what's wrong? What's wrong right now? What, I'm at, can, what can I worry about right I'm now? I'm actually so happy we're talking about this right now. Dude, yeah, it's like, what, what, what can I worry about? Everything's fine, but what is out, what's wrong right now that I should be worried about? And I'm not doing that anymore. 
Yeah, I, it I, takes time. Like you gotta, if like on Mike Mike Stud on his podcast, he said it. Sometimes you literally have to reverse engineer your brain. Yep, and like start over and figure out what's wrong, what was wrong, and fix it. And that's you know that's what I've been doing. I've been happy as hell, man. Yeah, no, you you I I can honestly say you've completely changed your mindset these last couple months and I appreciate it because it, it helps me program my mind because as everybody knows who who you surround yourself with and you're with all the time regardless if you think it or not your unconscious brain is basically programmed like the person that you're around so that's that's helped me for for definitely relaxing but I've I've realized about myself this last week I was laying in bed just thinking about things and kind of thinking about what you said of how with me, it always seems like my default thought is negative and what's going to go wrong. And I'm like planning all these things in my head that may or may not happen. And I realized I put all this pressure on myself that I don't need. And I, I'm working on trying to reverse that. But taking a positive out of that, I put all this pressure on myself to where when I put myself in chaotic situations or crazy situations, I actually feel comfortable because then I know I can think through it and thrive in those big-time pressure situations. So it seems like for me, I'm always trying to get my mind in the chaos, which I don't like this. I'm just analyzing myself. I always get myself in these chaotic and negative situations at least in my thoughts so when real life real shit situation goes on I can handle those much more smoothly than other people which that isn't a good thing like I said I am trying to get rid of that but but I have come to terms with that's why I do that I believe yeah yeah, like no, I no, I get what you're saying. You know what you're I mean? Kind of, you're, you're kind of preparing your mind. Exactly. But that can also be a bad thing. It's it, it's not a good thing. It it, it is yeah. a bad thing. No, yeah, but nothing wrong with getting prepared for something. Like you always want to be prepared in case something does go wrong. Yeah. But you can't like, because I'm a firm believer. Like, you create a problem in your mind, it can like make, make it become real. It can drive you crazy. No, but it can actually like become real. Well, it's like, like worry about. <laughs> it's like speaking things into existence. Yeah, it's like, but yeah, no, I, I know. I mean, listen, we're no one's perfect. We all have worry about shit. We yeah. all stress out about a little bit every now and then. But you know, yeah, no, no one's perfect, and and everybody has these problems, and everybody has these thoughts, and that's why doing this has helped me and listening to other people talk about things. When you realize that. It's not just happening to you and that other people are going through the same things that you are, maybe not all the time, but on a day-by-day basis. That's kind of how I've been able to relax myself to realize, like, hey, Jake, you fucking idiot. You're not the only one that's having these problems. And other people are figuring out how to do it. And I'm not saying I haven't figured out and lived my life the best way that I I possibly can. It's just that the angle that I'm taking – is starting to drag on me mentally, and that's why I appreciate you, and I appreciate living with you, and I love you to death, because you've taken this situation that's going on, and you've completely changed yourself and how you think. It's visually noticeable 
how you are. You enjoy life. You enjoy hanging out on the deck with me, mom and dad. You enjoy sitting on the couch. And you're always looking for the positive thing now to where, like you touched on earlier, when you were younger, you would worry about absolutely everything. And to see, it's like you're my child. To, to, <laughs> to see you grow up and to see how you are, you're, you're changing the way you think about life. I, I just, I appreciate it. And I, I thank you for well, it because you. it helps me. I, well, thank you. I love you. I love you too. But, you know, get off the seriousness because I don't like to be too serious for too long, too long periods of time. A funny story. When, and then, you know, well, how much time we got? Where are we at? Honestly, I don't know how to read this thing <laughs> because it, instead of having minutes, it just has a bunch of seconds. And let's be fucking real. I can't do mental math, so we'll just keep talking yeah. until we don't feel like yeah. it. Okay, sounds good to me. But a funny story about something I worried about when I was a kid. We went on a cruise when I was 10. Great So story. Jake was 12. And I couldn't even enjoy the cruise because I was so worried the whole time that a blue whale was going to flip our boat. This is facts. This is facts. I'm not exaggerating. These are things I used to do. Like, I, would, I, I wouldn't shut up about it. Like, anytime the boat moved or wiggled around, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, there's a, a whale under us. We're going to die. <laughs> so, hey, nice, nice knowing all y'all. At least we're all together. We can all die together. Guys, listen. He's not exaggerating either. My mom, shout out to my mom. She's done Pampered Chef her whole life. Me and JT have been able to go to some amazing places. My mom's a fucking grinder. Shout out to her. But this was one of those things where JT, for weeks and months on end, when he realized we were going on a cruise, he literally thought we were going to get attacked by blue whales and they were going to flip the cruise boat over and we were never coming home. They That's all, a fact. They all thought it was full of shit, though. You look up how fucking big blue whales are. They're, like, really big. Hold on. Let's see how long they are. Yeah, so while, while he looks that up, it, it, was, it was an everyday thing where... Once we got on the boat, we'd be in our room, we'd be outside on the deck, we'd be eating any little, uh, um, you know, movement on the boat or body movement, JT, you could see the panic come on his face because he thought Aquaman and his whales were coming to get the boys. So a female blue whale is 82 feet. It's pretty big. That's big. I don't know how big, but that's pretty big if you ask me. 82 feet. That's like 30 yards of a football field. So, really, it's not that big. Dang. I used to think they were like dinosaur big, like megalodon big, like swallow the boat whole big. So, how, how much did you just say the blue whale? 82 feet. So, to put it in perspective for you, <laughs> an average size of a cruise ship is 1,181 oh, feet long. Man. Tell you. So the amount of whales... You gotta watch out for them blue whales. So the amount of whales that would have to come and fuck up the ship would be, uh, would be wild. Yeah. But, but for people that haven't done cruises, I don't know if I'll ever do a cruise I, yeah, again. I don't think I will. But I appreciate doing it once. Oh, yeah. I feel like if it's something you haven't done, regardless what kind of cruise ship you go on, I would say in your lifetime, it's one of those things that you need to do once. Because even though... Basically, the cruise ship is literally like a giant resort on the water, and you don't even realize you're on a cruise ship until you're outside or anything like that. It kind of makes you think 
back to the old days and putting and shrinking it down, that that's how pirates and stuff lived their whole lives on boats just floating in the ocean, and when we'd pull into ports, that's what they would do. They would just pull into these ports and steal shit or live there and then leave. Oh, man. I watched... Man, well, I think it may have been on Atlantis, but I turned it off because I was bored. There was... This is real. Like, this is a real place. There was a huge pirate port. Okay. You know, like... Like, Pirates of the Caribbean type shit. Like, where all the pirates would, like, congregate, like, their port. You know, how there's fucking cruise ship ports or pontoon boat. Like, it was like that. Okay. And that's where, you know, probably Blackbeard, that's where everybody was. I forget what it's called, damn it. But it's not that important, the name of it. But it got completely wiped out. Like, completely, just one day, I think a storm or maybe a tsunami it was, completely took the whole thing out it's underwater now. But could you imagine that? Like, a thriving, like, pirate port. Jack Sparrow's chilling out here, you know, with this monkey on his shoulder and, you know, all his skeleton uh, mateys who they need the whatever, the coins, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> oh, then whatever. They're there at this port, and then they just com- get completely wiped out. Now it's like a ruin underwater. I bet you that shit's creepy as hell. Absolutely. And it, it is wild, like you just said, to, to really think about, like, if, if we just talk about, to put it in modern times, just picture, like, Siesta Key or any of the keys in Florida where it's just this thriving city, thriving town where you have all these people that live, have their businesses, they meet, people vacation there, and then all of a sudden a storm happens and the keys are just wiped out yeah. and everything's underwater. Yeah. It, it, is, it is very, very bone-chilling to think that in a matter of one storm or anything that can happen that we can't control, which goes back to your thoughts and how you need to not worry about things that you can't control, but something like that can happen and just be like, see a town, I'm no, wiping yeah. you out. L- literally, just in like two seconds, anything like that, like Beirut fucking wheeling could just explode. What, what is probably for you... What's the scariest thing that nature does that freaks you out? Like tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, fire, uh, like forest fires. Which would be the one for you that if you were in the middle of it would freak you out the absolute most? Jeez. I don't know. Maybe like a – probably a tornado. Yeah. Honestly. Because hurricane – I mean, yeah, it's – Bad. They're bad. Like, people, obviously, towns and cities have got destroyed from hurricanes. But, like, a tornado, man, if that hits you, you're just getting sucked up that bitch and just flying out like a like getting tossed like a rag doll. Which it is crazy to think that those just shoot out of the sky. Yeah. That wind just shoots out. And it's just so powerful that, like you just said, it literally can just pick things up and just destroys yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you've seen the movie Twister picking up cows and shit like no thanks yeah i don't want to see that i would say normally i would say a hurricane but not trying to brag or anything but i've lived through three hurricanes i think it was one when i was down in the outer banks lip maybe two 
when I was down in the Outer Banks, and then one, um, I think it was Arthur, when we went down there, and we stayed in the hotel when the windows were just shaking like crazy, and the water was shooting in. That scared me, but I think the one that would scare me the most, even more than tornadoes, would be thinking if I lived in, like, uh, California or the Amazon getting caught in a fire that nobody yeah. can stop. Yeah. I, I, I think that would be the one that would freak me out more because, yes, hurricanes and tornadoes, they, they do decimate everything and, like, destroy things. But a fire just wipes it out. Straight out. Yeah, ash. fire's pretty uh... – Fire is pretty terrifying, but dude, I, man, I've been crushing out the documentaries because everything you mentioned makes me think of something I learned. Would you rather drown or burn? Oh God, Th- I, think I, about. I, it. I feel like drowning would be way less um, painful. It would suck, like right at that last second when you have to try to breathe. But after that, it's just probably... You're probably assuming, which I I would assume, too, that if you were drowning, there would be a moment where you would be in the pain and then everything would just shut off because you'd be full of water. Yeah, Yeah, I I guess I'm with you there because with fire, I feel like you would stay alive much longer feeling the burn and everything like that versus drowning. So, yeah, that that is interesting. Yeah, but like fire, fire's crazy because like that, I didn't realize... Fire, like when humans discovered fire and realized they could cook food, that's what evolved human brains was getting that cooked food. I don't know the logistics and why. Yeah. But, like, I didn't realize that. I watched that. It's like, you know, you have your cavemen or whatever you want to call them before fire, like, kind of, we're basically monkeys, basically. And then we discover fire and learn how to. Right, like channel fire, like control it, create it, and cook with it. And it's like the cooked food, like cooked meat, somehow evolved our brains, brains with the nutrients and our and bodies. Shit. And that's how we became the dominant, you know, race on, yeah. in the world. It's because we're the only ones to ever do that. Well, and that, that's why bodies are crazy, and what you put in them is wild because. I don't know about anybody else. I can't speak for anybody else, but I know my dad has bad allergies. Myself, I've never had any of these problems. I've always been able to eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want. And these past couple months, some mornings I'll wake up and my body will just go in a complete red rash all over my entire body. And it is crazy to think that as you get older and as your body adapts, There are certain, which I haven't found out what it is yet. I'm going to try to. But there's certain things that you might have been used to being around or putting in your body that now it just rejects it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But I I don't know. It's um, everything right now for me has been mind opening to where I've been wanting to learn about better and healthier things to put in my body because I realized that, you know, this is like my body's my human driver. Like the brain literally does everything. But if you treat your body like shit, it's going to be a hell of a fucking time. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, if you put, which I'm not saying I'm a health nut because I'm not at all. I fucking ate six pieces of pizza last night. But, like, 
if you put good stuff in your body, I feel like you're gonna have, feel good all around, like physically and like mentally. Yeah, and I, I, I just want to say to people because obviously, if everybody sees me, I don't look like the most healthiest guy around. But I, I will say, thankful to JT, one of the best things that has transformed my body in terms of my my stomach and how I function throughout the day is taking my greens every morning and getting all those vegetables and nutrients in my body. I have felt more natural energy. I felt like my shits have been on point, and I, I, I just feel I feel much, much better. So for people that might not eat a lot of vegetables and don't get that nutrients and don't like the vegetables, I would just suggest buying some kind of greens that you drink every morning or it doesn't even have to be in the morning throughout the day to where you get that in your body because I have felt so much healthier and better these past couple months for doing it. Yeah. No, I feel that, you know. I like all, I like I like the greens and the vitamin packs and all that fun jazz, you know. Yeah. So, have any more questions? No, no or? I think I'm I'm good to go. If you're good to go, hell yeah. Well, I just want to say, guys, we won't have any visuals this week. Um, I know you guys are very upset. You can't see my cute face. I know. Yeah, Tiggy was gonna drop off the GoPro. I told him it would probably be better if I recorded it on the Mac, and then I realized that. Me and JT would have to sit right next to each other. And to be honest with you guys, I don't want to sit next to him right now. Yeah, I don't want to sit next to him either. He fucking stinks. So I, uh, we won't have visuals, but I hope you guys enjoyed the boys part three. Um, we, we miss our other half, but, you know, as, as life goes on, as the older we get, people just have things to do. And, and we want to make sure that we just keep giving you guys at least an episode a week. Um, I, I know I say it all the time, but I do want to say again, we appreciate all the support so much. It really means the world to us, and we're, we're going to keep going. And the reason we're going to keep going is because you guys, you know, everybody that listens every week, everybody that reposts the episodes, subscribes, follows, mentions us, you know, we, we really do appreciate it, and we, we hope that you – you guys, you guys are going to be the reason why this thing grows. It's not going to be anything that we do. Um, it's not going to be anything that we say. Our fans are the reason why this thing keeps going and why this thing keeps growing. So I just want to say thanks to you guys. I know we'll touch on it more, and it's crazy to say this, but in two, it's either two or three weeks. We're already coming up on one year of doing this podcast. Wow, one year. That's almost two. That's almost two years. What? <laughs> yeah, what, what, we're coming up on one year, um, and I, I can't say thank, thank you enough. And I just want to let you guys know that we are still having a golf scramble for Tyler. I don't know how many golf teams they're doing and what the rules are, but if you guys are interested and want to donate or do anything like that, make sure you reach out to Laura on Instagram and if anybody can't find her, just message me and I can get you guys in touch if, if anybody wants to golf. I don't think they'll have the, go- or the, uh, the steak fry, but since you know golfing, you're spread out with everybody, it's, it's much safer in my opinion that they're, that they're doing that. So I just want to say if, if, in, if anybody wants to be involved in that in terms of donations, golfing, um, raffles and things like that. Just get in touch with her, or if you can't, always reach out to myself or even Maria, or really anybody, and, and we, we can get you guys in the right direction. You guys can find me 
on Instagram and Twitter at Juice Nixon underscore. Um, keep posting, guys. Keep following. Keep spreading the good word, and and we we appreciate you. Love you guys. Yeah, and if any of our fans out there plan on going to the golf scramble and would like autographs, I will be the drunk guy in the golf cart, not golfing. I will be sitting there with a beer in my hand. Hashtag living my best cigar life. You can catch me at JTNixon underscore on Instagram. That's JTNixon underscore on Instagram. I'm on the Juicebox podcast Twitter. It's at the Juicebox pod. That's at the Juicebox pod. Follow us on Facebook, the Juicebox podcast. We are not the diabetes, the Juicebox podcast. Thank you very much, everyone. Be safe. Have a great weekend. Real quick, can't forget to shout out my guys. Shout out Tiggy Nation on Twitter. That's Tiggy Nation on Twitter and Money in the Bank Tigs on Instagram. Shout out Big Czar. Keep grinding down there at the beach. You know, live your best life. Get a nice tan. You're pale as shit, you ginge. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you very much. You can catch him at Juicebox Czar on Twitter and Instagram. Juicebox Czar. Shout out Midnight Gamer and the Tobacco Pipe. Listen up. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, coming out with another podcast soon. Get out. You know, it's still in the works. I'm just designing a logo right now. That's the only thing I have done. I think the name is going to be Monday Blues. So shout out to that if that ever comes to fruition. Uh, stay tuned for that. And Juicebox is our Z-A-R. Z as in zebra, A as in apple, R as in respects. R as in Reebok. Don't get it twisted. Bye-bye. He said I ate the last mango in Paris. Took the last plane out of Saigon. Took the first passport to China And Jimmy, there's still so much to be done I had a third world girl in Buzios With a pistol in each hand She always kept me covered as We moved from land to land I had a damn good run on Wall Street With my high fashion model wife Woke up dry beneath the African sky Just me and my Swiss army knife I had the last mango in Paris Took the last plane out of Saigon